Hello, Choose Love friends. We're back for another Choose Love podcast, focusing on what we all have in common as human beings, the want and need to love and be loved. We all want to feel like we belong, be accepted, to be seen and heard. Choose Love teaches essential life skills that we can all learn to help us lead meaningful and productive lives that are connected, resilient, and enable us to have a lot of fun. So today I have a very special guest, my dear friend, Allison Morgan. Allison is the president of Zensational Kids. Zensational Kids teaches mindfulness, breathing, and yoga techniques to activate the unlimited potential within each student and educator. I love that. And especially needed now more than ever during the pandemic. Allison and Sensational Kids are partners of Choose Love. Allison has written a specific program for us using the Choose Love formula because you can't teach social and emotional learning without first being mindful, right? So our discussion today is titled Agreeing to Disagree, Having Difficult Conversations. And I know that this is an appropriate conversation to have for my own life right now. (laughs) Probably many out there as well. Actually, my New Year's resolution was to have difficult conversations, maybe that I had put off or that I was avoiding. And of course, since then, I've had a difficult conversation every day. (sighs) But wow, (laughs) at least one. but that's good. I mean, part of our message is that we grow through difficulty. And I know that I do through each one. And I always feel better if I speak my truth and I get it out there and I don't hold it in. And you do it in a loving and kind way. I think that's mm-hmm. the most important thing. But what a great topic for, I think, the perfect time in the history of our world. Yeah, I think it's a topic that is due. Um, I also think it's a topic that's needed because there's just so much brewing in the world right now. And everything that's brewing is, uh, is uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. It's uncomfortable because it brings up things about ourselves that maybe aren't so comfortable, even just looking at this pandemic and the fact that we've all had so much alone time and isolation and we've been with our own minds, hearts, and bodies, and a lot of the things we've been experiencing just isn't comfortable. Also things that are just happening in our country, you know, we're in the US that are brewing right now. You know, we need to have uncomfortable conversations right now in order to move past where we are, in order to grow from where we are. And so I think a lot of the conversation that we're gonna have today is how can we find some comfort in allowing ourselves to be uncomfortable rather than avoiding what's uncomfortable. And whether it's, you know, we've had a lot of alone time and we've realized things about ourselves personally that are uncomfortable, that we've been pushing under the rug, whether it's about who we are or about relationships that we have in our home, things that we've been avoiding, or things that are just happening within our society that are now surfacing politically and racially and all of these things 
we've been pushing them under the rug because we don't want to have to deal with them. And the only way that we're going to successfully move, I don't even want to say move past, but move into and grow and come out the other side being different, right? Um, rather than keeping everything the same is if we learn how to be uncomfortable and be okay with that. And a big part of that is because we are relational and this has to do with relationships, we need to learn. And this is something we're not born with knowing. We need to learn how to have uncomfortable conversations, how to be in relationship with people that we don't always agree with. And that's why we decided to title this, how to agree, you know, <laughs> agree to disagree and still be okay. Like that's a thing. That's a thing. You don't have to be, and you should not be surrounded by people all the time that agree with you a hundred percent, nor you agree with them because we need to be able to learn. And the best way to learn and grow is stepping outside that comfort zone in every realm of our life. And when you step outside of that comfort zone, it's not comfy cozy. Yeah. It's, it's not, it's not. You know, I've been studying mindfulness and yoga for so many, so many years. And this is something that the masters teach us of how to, and, and this is from like a physiological standpoint of how can you feel discomfort in your body, like those hard emotions and those difficult things that your mind is saying to you and, and how it manifests in your body. And how can you then regulate yourself? How can you find comfort in that? And one of the, you know, one of the techniques that one of my teachers, you know, teaches often is cold showers. You know, have you ever heard about that? Of like taking ice cold showers every day, even if it's for 15 seconds, 20 seconds, because it's physiologically painful. It's hard. I was going to say, that's, yeah. just, that's not it's, comfortable. No, it's not. It's not. So you're in a controlled situation, your own personal shower, where you're turning down the dial on that temperature, on the degrees of that water to shock your system to be uncomfortable and you practice breathing, you practice noticing your mind in this situation because you are safe. You are safe in this shower, right? But your body is under tremendous amount of physiological stress and you're training yourself to recognize that even though physiologically I'm feeling this stress, I am okay. And I can, I can bear this cold temperature and still be okay. And we're using this as a platform, as a foundation of learning how to be then in our life, feeling physiologically those same things that we felt in that cold shower, but having that implicit memory of, I can be uncomfortable and still be okay. I can definitely see the benefit of that. At first, when you said that, I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> Why I would not, you know, but, you know, I'm thinking now about conversations that I've had with my family. Mm -hmm. And those are kind of different when it becomes personal. When it's somebody outside your family, I think it's a little bit easier to manage. Mm -hmm. But when it's your family, I can find myself feeling 
because I know this is our natural response, defensive mm -hmm. and attacked. And I know that even if it's prefaced by, I say this with all the love in the world, but you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, and, well, you know, there's a couple of things in conversation, whether it's a family member or not. And sometimes it's easier to maybe practice you know, some things that, you know, we'll talk about now. It's easier to practice with a good friend and you set the boundaries of it. Like, let's engage in this type of a conversation together to practice. Yeah, don't jump but, right into the family thing. Yeah, no, 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 don't, 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 don't. Because there's, there's so, there's so many layers to family discussion of past history and how mm. you used to, because when you get into a situation where you sort of go into that fight, flight, or freeze mm -hmm. kind of response. Mm -hmm. You go back to that, you know, your primitive brain, which puts you into habit, right? Which puts you into old beliefs, old habits, pre-programming, all which happened before you're seven years old. And you experienced all that with the person you're having the conversation with. So you sort of get trapped and stuck very easily. Whereas if you have challenging, you know, difficult, uncomfortable conversations with people that you don't have a history with, you can be a bit more, I'm gonna use the word strategic, but you, mm -hmm. it's mm -hmm. easier to use key points and things, again, that we're gonna discuss now because you don't necessarily or you don't as easily go into your old habits and your old repertoire and your old mindset you know it's sort of like um, I noticed this with myself I don't see my mother very often especially now because of the pandemic right I haven't mm -hmm. seen her since November but there are times when we're together and we're having a conversation or we're doing something or we're out to lunch and I just have this flashback of myself like 10 years old. I turn into 10 year old Allison mm -hmm, mm -hmm. again, um, not because of anything that she did that triggered me or anything. We've always had a beautiful relationship, but it's just, I think that that's a natural thing that happens with people that you have a history with especially from childhood. It's very easy to slip back into that, you know, 10 year old, seven year old brain body mm -hmm. again. But, you know, going into just some things that maybe we can do to help us in these situations, whether it's family or, or not, of in a way deconstructing what it is when we're in conversation any type of conversation or interaction with anybody, whether it's somebody you meet on the street, somebody you're sitting around your dinner table with, but there's always, in every conversation, there's three things that are happening simultaneously. One is there's listening, right? You're, you're, you're listening. Mm -hmm. The other, somebody's speaking. Mm -hmm. And the third is we're being. Both parties or every party is, is being in a certain way. And when we look at those three things of, you know, listening, speaking, and being, very often we're actually just listening to speak. So we're listening, but we're not listening to understand. We're listening to undermine. And what ah. I mean, <laughs> what I mean by I, that. I resonate with that. Yeah, yeah. We're listening, but you're already formulating what you're going to say about that in response or in rejection to what they're saying or in rebuttal or in agreement. Right, in response, listening to respond, definitely. Yeah. yeah, so 
here's what I challenge all of us to do. Can we listen to understand? And what that takes is being able to truly listen to what is being said, non-judgmentally, non-judgmentally. And here's a little bit of in the listening that I really take from the trauma work that we do in Sensational Kids, because in trauma work, we're really looking at the behavior as communication. And rather than saying like, why are you behaving that way? We say, what has happened mm. to cause so much pain? So here, you know, taking that trauma work and applying it to how we listen, rather than saying mm. like, how could you be saying that? Wow. Rather saying, what belief do you have or what life experience could you have that is making you say those things or being the foundation of why you're saying those things. Because that gives us an inquiry into understanding that other person's perspective because we don't live our life through their lens. And even though this could be a conversation that you're having with a family member, you could say you grew up with the same parents in the same house, you brought up with the same, socioeconomic status, you went to the same schools, you know, blah, blah, blah. I could go on and on of all of your sameness, but you both or you all experience life through your own personal lens, which changes those same experiences that you've had. That's right. That's exactly right. And, and that resonates so strongly, even with me personally. Let me ask you a question. Mm -hmm. You said listening to what is being said non-judgmentally. Yeah. So I'm thinking of some examples, <laughs> uh, uh, we'll say. You don't and, have a whole list there, do you, Scarlett? <laughs> yeah, right. Not my own, of course. No, 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 <laughs> um, mm -hmm. But, you know, where I will ask, I will say, please, you know, try to listen without judgment. And I feel like, both sides are thinking that they're coming from a place of non-judgment. So my question is, how do you know when you're coming from a place of non-judgment? How, uh, how can you see that yeah. in yourself? And how yep. can you authentically say to the other person or think, okay, they're really trying to listen without judgment because that's, this is a really big thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and we could say to ourselves, we're trying to listen without judgment. Here's the key to know whether or not you're listening without judgment. Mm -hmm. It's that being piece. Okay. How are you being in your mind and your body? And this is where the mindfulness part and the self-awareness part mm. is really important in our relationship building. This is why it's crucial for social emotional learning because our body and our minds control us. Everything that we do and everything that we say but if we can be the observer of both of those experiences of what is my body doing, feeling and sensing in this moment, and what is my mind telling me? So is my mind already formulating all of these rebuttals and, mm -hmm. and things that I wanna say back? Is my body feeling tense, tight, mm -hmm. uh, fuzzy? 
tingly? Is my breath labored? Is it short? Or am I feeling really open, really easeful, grounded, and physically present? Mm. Because if you are, and again, you can only have this introspective sense if you practice it, right? You can't ask yourself to go there when you're in discord or disagreement or uncomfortable situations with people if you have not practiced going into this internal inquiry sitting alone. It just can't be done. It must be practiced. Mm -hmm. So again, this is going back to your question. How do you know if you're listening non-judgmentally? Well, non-judgmental listening means that your body could stay soft, quiet, relaxed, and open during this conversation. Because even if your mind is like, you know, and your ears are really, really listening, sometimes your body will get a little zap of like, oh, I did not like that. That did, that was in total disagreement of what my belief is. Absolutely. You know? Yes. Yeah. You feel a little twinge in your back or your shoulder or you grit your teeth. That's a real easy one. Or your face gets really red oh, and your yeah. fists are clenched. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That would be a short <laughs> tell but I, but I loved what you said, ask the question, what has happened to cause so much pain? Because that completely shifts your lens yeah. from judgment of what the person is saying to understanding, to compassion. Compassion. Yeah. It's That's really so what it beautiful. is. Yeah. Yeah. It totally shifts you to a state of compassion and you know, we can go on a whole trajectory of all the benefits of just shifting yourself into compassion and how neurochemically there's a shift in the neurotransmitters in your mind, in your heart, and in your body that allow you to become more aware of both perspectives, of being able to be empathetic and being able to access your prefrontal cortex so that you can do an even better job of understanding and resolving conflict mm. you know Gosh, all yes. of those things wow so important yeah yeah so going through this list so we talked about you know listening and the different ways that we're listening the other is is speaking right so once we listen it's our turn to speak but how are we speaking and i teach this a lot with the educators that we work with of understanding that what you're saying does not have as much impact as how you're saying it. Because we are social feeling beings. We feel first, we think second. So thinking and language go together, but uh, feeling and the nuances of our speech, such as the tone of what we're saying, the pace, of what we're saying, the volume, um, what's our body doing while we're speaking, that's really gonna convey more information than the words that we're saying. So recognizing that in our conversations of how we're speaking is gonna have an impact of the other person's receptivity to what we're saying. 
Absolutely. I mean, my mind is just going through all of the mistakes that I've made, honestly. Not mistakes, they're learning. No, but but, but it's the learning of it all. Look, you know, I'm telling you all of these things as if this is something that, you know, I haven't mastered all of these things, right? This all comes from constant learning about a lot of it's just spiritual learning to me, but it's marrying that spirituality with just what the science is telling us right now. And I think practice, practice is the key word because every mistake is an opportunity for learning Mm -hmm. and another opportunity to practice. I'm saying that for myself, Yeah, um, yeah. but for everybody on here, because this is such vital information. And if you're hearing it for the first time and weren't aware of it, it's like nourishment. Mm -hmm. And if it's something that you, it makes common sense and you may have heard before, it's, it is really practice and practice strengthens that neural wiring in your brain. And it comes more naturally if you are mindfully practicing this. And and I always say life is this wonderful thing that gives us so many opportunities mm-hmm. every day. That's Especially right. Especially when you make it your new year's resolution to have difficult conversations. Why the heck did I do that? Uh, <laughs> I should have had Because you want to learn. Well, it's because <laughs> you, you, I mean, I've known you for a long time, Scarlett. You are dedicated and intentional with your learning and expanding and understanding of your own experiences so that you can help other people do the same for for themselves. I mean, that is the truth about you. So it makes perfect sense to me that you would have this intention to allow yourself to be uncomfortable and have uncomfortable situations. Right. right. And it's, it's really what we need more of in the world because for most of us, I mean, I, I don't think I've ever met anybody that has said, in my childhood, we always had uncomfortable conversations at the dinner table. So I've had such great modeling of how, <laughs> of how to do that compassionately. Most of us have not. Um, many people could say, you know, the dinner table, we discussed our day. You know, if you had the privilege of having a dinner table discussion, and again, I'm just using that as sort of like a metaphor of, of any kind of conversation that you would have with your family. Um, but you can come from families that, that have discussions. Very often, they are not feeling discussions of how do you feel about that? And if you don't feel Mm. comfortable or you're upset or you're frustrated or angry, it's okay. Let's talk about that. Mm -hmm. You know, those are, again, things that we often sweep under the rug because we have not in our culture and society had a lot of practice with being okay with being uncomfortable. We fight it, we push it away and you know, circling around back to how we started this conversation. The only way we are going to grow and learn and better our society and our communities is if we deeply listen to each other, whether it's our family again, or our community. And again, this is a big discussion, you know, talking about racism right now in this country. The only way we are going to better all of ourselves is if we become comfortable having these uncomfortable conversations and learn how to do it with grace and compassion. And it's a learning. 
It's an everyday practice. And it's getting outside of our comfort zones. I mean, my gosh, we're already there with COVID-19. <laughs> uh, mm -hmm. We're in our brave new world. And I think being able to look at that as an opportunity, not as a threat, but as an opportunity to expand ourselves. And I think a lot of people are using this time to try to practice their skills and tools of gosh knows we have a great opportunity with our families being home to do that. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And our homes hopefully are safe environments where we can explore that. And we certainly do have the time right now. Absolutely. Listening to what is being said non-judgmentally. So listen to understand. And if you feel judgment coming up, asking yourself the question, what has happened to cause so much pain in that other person, which is or, so beautiful. Yeah, or just what what has happened to instill that belief mm -hmm. in that person? Because sometimes people speak with such conviction because their point of view is ingrained in a core belief and their core belief may differ from your core belief. And most of our core beliefs are programmed before we're seven years old. And again, even though you're from the same family, that doesn't matter. Your core beliefs are based on your personal experience. Interesting. That's wonderful and so relevant, especially in my life. And then speaking. I love this. Um, what you're actually saying is less important than how you're saying it. So really yeah. being mindful about that, especially now, I think communication is, uh, I think only 40% words anyway. Mm -hmm. uh, and we really need to be mindful about how we're communicating because that really is conducive to how we connect with other people and connection yeah. and compassionate connection is so important right now. I mean, it always has been. It's never been more complicated than it is now. Yeah, yeah, ab absolutely. And here, here's the other thing for all of us, whether we're educators or parents. So we're in this discussion right now talking about our own discussions that we most likely are having with other adults. But especially now since we're home and our children are witness to a lot of our conversations, even our conversations that are professional conversations because you're in a home office. You know, that statistic that you gave that our communication is, you know, 40% of it is what we say, 60% of it is how we say it. I would say for our children that are observing how we're speaking, they're taking in probably 80% of how we're saying things, mm. how we're speaking and 20% mm -hmm. of the content. And that's all based on them connecting to the feeling of what we're saying. So right. our emotional state is, you know, hooking up to their emotional state. They're like picking that up. So, you know, what are we modeling for our children? And this is not about make sure you're always speaking pleasantly, make sure it's always nice, make sure everything is always said in a polite way. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not saying that because that would be like, never be angry, never be frustrated, <laughs> never be mad. Impossible. Impossible, impossible. But being authentic and um, owning up to 
how you're feeling and maybe why you're reacting a certain way or why you're so upset is super, super important because how we handle conflict and discord and disagreement or just general conversation is all a learning for our children. It's all modeling. They're absorbing everything. Absolutely. You know what I've started to do? I've started to just go through my learning process with my son. So I will lose my temper. Not often, but I have. And then I talk it through. The other day we had this episode where um, I was walking our dogs and one of the dogs, I think, just got too hot. Mm -hmm. And I thought she was having heat stroke. She laid down on her side and I thought she was dying. So I called him up and I'm like, oh my God, Olive's dying. <laughs> She's, you've got to get over here with water right now. Yeah. He's rushing over. By the time he's running up, Olive has had some time in the shade and she's been <laughs> laying down and so she feels better. So he's like totally panicked and I'm just walking up kind of smiling um, and he's like, I, I, what, what is going on? And, and so it turns into a confrontation because he's mad because he's thinking that his dog is dying. And I'm like, what are you saying? I thought she was, mm -hmm. but now she's not. And what, you know, and just, it was, it got a little ugly for a moment. I mean, believe it or not. And so going through my thought process with him, and by the way, it was on text because- <laughs> Oh, that helps so much. <laughs> well, but I mean, because because it was like, we, I, I needed to, to walk away and uh, he did too. Um, but at least it was, this is my thought process. And then when you started to get upset, then I started to get upset and you know, it really was that, and I wasn't overreacting and, uh, and, and an apology, you know? And so um, it was helpful. It was helpful because we're not perfect. And mm -hmm. if kids can see us modeling mindfulness yeah. about our communication and even being authentic in if we make mistakes, because we will. Oh my gosh, you know why I overreacted? there because this triggered me mm -hmm. and uh, it reminded me when I was of when I was little and my mom would do that or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, but it takes mindful reflection for you to even be able to understand what may have triggered you mm -hmm. and why. Right. Exactly. So, and that goes into being, doesn't it? Yeah. So that third component of being has to do with your state of mind and the state of your body and being able to literally be a witness to your own experience in the moment. So this is why I was saying it really takes practice of doing this when you're in quiet moments on your own to know what it is like to observe your thoughts and observe your sensations and emotions when you're just sitting there and breathing. So that in the moment of a challenging conversation, you're able to do that while you are still either speaking or, or listening, because that's a lot going on. But this is necessary work because your mind and your body will always tell you where you're coming from. Am I coming from a judgmental, reactive, I need to be right. Um, 
I don't agree with you. I need to get my point in there. Or am I coming from, you know, essentially having an intention of, I really want to understand your side and your perspective because it's multi-layered. There are things that you're saying, but I know that it's coming from a lot of other filters within your lens that have taken you to this point that would make you to believe in what you're saying to me. Um, and as I'm speaking to you, I want to make sure that my intention is clear. I'm speaking because I really do want you to understand where I'm coming from. So having an awareness of how you are being in the moment is really essential to all of these conversations. And some of the things that you know, I have learned have helped me and have helped me help other people learning this process is being able to ask yourself very specific questions in the moment to get you into a feeling place or an intentional place. So when I think of the word speak, okay, so it's my turn to speak and I want to make sure that I'm speaking with intention and I'm speaking with compassion. It's, can I soften? before I speak. And what mm. I mean by soften is, can I just soften my body a couple of notches? Like, mm. can I relax my jaw? Can I just let my shoulders sink? Can I soften my feet into the floor? Like to really ground myself. So I love that, that double S, soften to speak. Can I soften my body before I begin speaking? And then with listening, right? I like that L, listening. Can I lighten mm. before I listen? And how do we lighten ourselves? Through breath. Can I fill my body with enough air, with enough lightness that it keeps every cell of my body just open to receive what you're saying mm. without pushing my own opinion on it? So I think that those two um, questions can give you some inquiry into how you're being in those moments of speaking, speaking with softness in your body and listening with lightness in your body, allow you to be more open and compassionate in the moment. I love this. I feel like this should be required learning. <laughs> well, this is, well, it kind of, you know, I mean, that's really what we're both doing, right? With Choose Love and with, with Sensational Kids, because this is social emotional learning Mm -hmm. as an adult and what you and I both know is that adults can't really teach social emotional learning unless they're I don't even want to say they have the skills themselves but they're open enough to explore learning the skills at the same time of building mm -hmm. their own Beautiful. competency and th and this discussion right now really is about social emotional competency as an adult it's relationship building it's uh, self-awareness it is self-management um, it is about being compassionate it's about having the courage to be uncomfortable and still let yourself feel safe in your own body that takes courage it absolutely does. I don't think we often think of everyday courage, but that is definitely an everyday act of courage that we can practice now that we have these three 
different components of having a conversation. It's lighten before listening. Can I soften to speak? And then being mindful of how we're giving and receiving the information that is being shared. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, it's a really crude breakdown, but it's a great starting place for being able to have these difficult conversations and actually move to a growth place, move to a different place, access some change rather than when we're stuck in discord, everything just stays the same and it's hurtful. Mm -hmm. What we're hoping to do is through this stepping out of our comfort zone, we really want to elicit change, positive change. Positive change doesn't come from staying comfortable and staying quiet and just putting on a happy face and powering through things to get through them. It's about digging in deep, getting dirty, getting into the mud of it all. You know, think of a lotus flower, right? This beautiful flower, its roots, it grows from mud, from dirt. You get beauty from dirt, from grit, from grime. That's what this is. I mean, what I'm hoping is that people develop this foundation for being able to like in the moment when you're really feeling like, oh, this is so uncomfortable. I don't want to have this conversation with you right now where they could say, wait a second, this is so uncomfortable. Something great can come out of this. This is an opportunity it's, for growth. It isn't, yeah, it is an opportunity for either me to learn about something that I wasn't able to see because of the lens that I'm wearing, or an opportunity for me to teach somebody something else. And nobody's gonna be willing to receive what you're teaching when you're in discord. It needs to be full of trust, full of love, full of respect. Uh, look, you started this, everybody wants to be seen, felt, and heard. Yes. Seen, felt, and heard. And they don't want to be felt as being angry and um, confrontational, right? And that's not what they want to feel back. Everybody wants to feel good and feel happy, right? But it's going to take steps to get us there. This is so powerful, Allison. And for those of you listening, if you want more of Allison Morgan and Sensational Kids, which I definitely do, please visit Allison's website at Sensational Zen Z E N SensationalKids.com. Uh, any final words of incredible wisdom for us, Allison? Uh, you know, I think it's really the best way to start all of this is to be able to listen to yourself, compassionately listen to yourself, speak to yourself with kind words, with loving words, mm. and being with yourself in a very loving, compassionate way. And this could actually be a whole other podcast, but you know, in talking about how do we have these challenging conversations with others, I think that we need to remember that we want to have these conversations with the intent of compassion and love, but we 
we could always start with ourselves and doing that with ourselves as well. That is so vitally important, especially since a lot of us have that little inner voice that does not speak Mm -hmm. to us. Uh, and we don't feel light when we listen to it and it really helps cultivate anxiety within us. So, wow, that is really profound to start with yourself. And of course we know that we have to love and accept ourselves before we can love and accept other people. And so, of course, that would make sense that we do this listening practice with ourselves first. And it is a practice. Yep. It's baby steps. Baby steps. Right. Don't be overwhelmed. Like, I feel overwhelmed back and forth listening to you. But then I realize, no, this is just a practice. And you work through this such incredibly wise truth that you're sharing that can help everyone have those compassionate conversations. And those are the key to compassionate connection, which is, you know, what we all want in our lives. And it's, what we all need, what we all need. We are social beings. Our brain is a social organ, right? We, we need to be compassionately connected to Absolutely. each other. That's our goal. That's our yeah. goal with the Choose Love Movement and yeah. Sensational Kids. And I'm just so grateful to you, Allison, for joining us again. Uh, Allison did another podcast with us on mindfulness and social and emotional learning earlier on. So please go look for that podcast as well. Visit Allison's website, sensationalkids.com. And we will see you next time on Choose Love Podcast. All right. Thank you so much, Scarlett. It was great being here with you. Thank you, Allison. Until next time. Choose love. It's all part of us. We can all choose love in a lift.